Hello once again. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis. In the last episodes, we spoke about those fires. Those fires of the revolutionary faith that took over a positive movement. These movements were speaking about or speaking out against the killings of George Floyd in particular and all other killings of that type. Unfortunately, these protests has been co-opted by the revolutionary faith to push forth their own agenda, which is the destruction of individual freedom for everyone and every person. At this time with this episode, I am going to address the issues that led up to the protest and why people are rightfully protesting. Here we go. The killing of George Floyd was very, very, very terrible. I spoke a little bit about this in the past episode, so you should know how I feel about this. And yes, I do believe that this was a racially charged killing. A killing that has happened far too many times in America. If you are of the camp that believe that there is no racism in the police force or any racism in America in general, well, you're another group of people whom I feel like I could sell a bridge to you in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Anyone with a pair of eyes and a pair of ears and a brain can tell that there is racism in this country. Now, please note, not everyone is a racist. You cannot assume that someone is a racist based on how they look, their skin color, how they dress, or where they're from. You have to judge them by their actions and the content, to steal this phrase, by the content of their character. Still on close study, or maybe not so close study, because it can be very obvious in a few cases, or many cases, On any type of study, it is easy to see that racism does exist in this country. And the situation with George Floyd is a bleeding red example of racism 
in this country. Anytime when you have a group or a gaggle of so-called police officers pinning down an individual and one in particular who has a knee on a person's neck for over eight minutes, by the way, and the person who is on the ground underneath him is saying that they're dying, that he's dying, and then he starts calling for his mother. And yet, the person with the knee on his neck does not relinquish his actions. He does not stop what he's doing. And even more, and even more terrible, the other police officers that were with this person did not push him off of this person's neck. They were afraid they were afraid and I'm going slow here because I really want you to understand this they were afraid to stop this man from kneeling on his neck. They were afraid to speak out against with what this police officer was doing by kneeling and choking this man to death with his knee. This happened because in many cases, the police department are not following their true function or their intended function. Their intended function was to be servants of the people. They are public servants. But in this case, and in many others, they prove or have proven to be keepers of the gate of aristocracy. Now, police officers are not aristocrats themselves, but in many of the novels that you read about dystopian futures, you have those who aren't part of the aristocracy who end up being keepers of the wall and the gate of aristocracy. That icy wall that separates them who has a representative to democracy, the aristocrats, and the others. Those who have no voice in society. And in the case of America, those who've had their sovereignty stripped away from them by color of law. Now, I do stress that phrase by color of law because in all actuality, the people of America still have their sovereignty, but they are not expressing it. They are not expressing it. We'll get to that 
in the back half of this episode. Another instance of racism was Ahmaud Arbery. This was in Georgia. I mentioned this in the last episode very briefly. And he was tracked, hunted, and killed by two men. Yes, they were white. One father, one son, and uh, another gentleman who was videotaping the situation. And he was killed in cold blood in the middle of the street. In both of these cases, these were instances where racism was put in the face of everyone in the entire world. Yet and still, there are some who are of the conservative bunch or of the Republicans who say that George Floyd, well, it really doesn't matter too much. Uh, his death doesn't weigh too much because he was a criminal. Now, I will offer this to many of the conservatives that are out there, if you are saying this, and Republicans. With my conversations with quite a few of you, you say that you uphold the Constitution in a favorable light. Let me say this to you. If you hold the Constitution in a favorable light and you make light of the killing of George Floyd just because he has a criminal record or for other particular reasons that's associated with that, you are contradicting yourselves. Why? It is because that every man, when he comes in contact with the police must be allowed due process and I must say and state the very obvious that George Floyd in this in this situation in Minneapolis he did not receive nowhere close to due process Killing a man on the street on the suspicion of doing something wrong with no evidence, with no warrant, it's not due process. George Floyd did not have an opportunity to have a trial, a fair trial, where he was judged or seen by his peers. He did not have an opportunity to call witnesses to support his side of the story. He did not have the opportunity to have the arresting police officers to answer to the public and to him as to why they arrested him. He did not he did not have an opportunity to 
have an investigation called into the situation that he was involved in. No, ladies and gentlemen, he did not receive anything close to due process. So, our wonderful Republicans and conservatives who love the Constitution, why are you mentioning a moot point? You should be just as upset as everyone else that this man was killed unjustly by the police force. Because this, not, all, not only this being an instance of blatant racism, but this was also an instance where the protective arm of the aristocracy was flexing its muscle. It was doing this, it was doing its time out in the street and having a little fun. Now, I do have to say that those officers at that time may not have been having fun. They were probably just as scared as everyone else. But as public servants, you should have been trained to act a little bit better or far better. And as a police officer, you're supposed to be trained as a public servant. And since these police officers, which is pretty obvious to me, and they have not been trained as public servants. They have been trained as a protection of society, the society which is now an aristocratic-type environment. Because they were trained not as public servants, but as the latter of what I've mentioned. They did not have the emotional fortitude to keep themselves under control. And therefore, they committed manslaughter. In the case of Ahmoud Arbery, the two gentlemen that killed Ahmad said that he was not supposed to be in their neighborhood and they suspected that he was up to no good in their neighborhood. So, as a result, they immediately shot him with the shotgun after they hunted him. Was there any due process? No. So I hope I'm I hope I've made myself clear. I am not I am not a Democrat nor a Republican. I have bones to pick with each side. Right now I am coming towards those of you who call yourself or call yourselves conservatives conservatives who love the constitution of the United States and no not all conservatives are white some of some conservatives are black some conservatives are 
are Latino or of other descents. But many conservatives say that they love the Constitution. If you love the Constitution, you must admit that George Floyd, being a criminal, criminal or have had a questionable record, and Ahmaud Arbery being in some place he wasn't supposed to, these are moot points. Because both men have not received due process. In the case of George Floyd, the police have shown themselves to be the defenders of the aristocracy. And in the case of Ahmoud Arbery, those two individuals who killed him have shown themselves to be agents of chaos. Agents of chaos that provide situations that give the aristocracy an excuse to be in existence. Now, I keep saying this word aristocracy. I've done an entire episode on aristocracy and why it's so dangerous. An aristocracy, an aristocracy is very insidious because whenever a, a democratic republic or a constitutional republic ceases to uphold its own values, most of the time it degradates into an aristocracy. The minute when the sovereign people fall asleep, the representative, the representative democracy or constitutional republic degrade or degrades into an aristocracy. And in an aristocracy, only a few have democracy, the rest have tyranny. To illustrate what an aristocracy is, again, I will read to you from George Tucker. This is a text by George Tucker. It is called Of the Several Forms of Government. These were these were notes written next to the uh, Blackstone, I believe it was the Blackstone's uh, Dictionary, which is, um, let me make sure that I have this correct. I have many <laughs> thoughts on my mind. I have to make sure I get these facts cor correct. Yes, Blackstone's Commentaries. That's correct. Blackstone's Commentaries. These commentaries were about common law. So George Tucker put his own notes to Blackstone's Commentaries to relate Blackstone to the American situation. As I said, as I've said in other episodes, he was the first and still 
I believe, the most important constitutional scholar that has ever existed in America. He has been grossly overlooked for several reasons. One of them being is that he warned of the aristocracy. This is what he says in one instance of the aristocracy. This is located in a pamphlet that he wrote, or it may have been an appendix to his uh, comments on Blackstone commentaries, which I, I believe that's what it was. It's an appendix. It's one of the appendixes of his commentaries to Blackstone commentaries. And this appendix was a call, was called of the several forms of government. This is what he writes of aristocracy. An aristocracy is that form of government in which the supreme power is vested in a small number of persons. It may be absolute or limited. Absolute where it is not founded in the consent and compact of the, soci of the society over which the government is established. Or limited where that consent has been given and the constitution and its powers have been fixed and limited at the time of such consent but in such but in which the other important character or excuse me but in which the other important characters of a representative democracy have not been preserved i hope you've caught that moving on it may likewise be temporary as where the members of the Supreme Council or Senate sit there only for a certain term and then retire to their former condition or perpetual during or during their lives. It may likewise be hereditary where the representatives of certain families distinguished by the flattering epithet of the well-born or senators by birth or elective, where either at certain periods the whole Senate, Senate is chosen and vacancies are supplied by election. And this election may be either popular as where the body of the people choose the person whom they may think proper to advance to their senatorial dignity, which is also called creation, where the person so chosen or chosen is advanced from the plebeian to the senatorial order. Or it may be made by the whole senatorial order from among themselves or by the Senate itself out of the members of the senatorial order, in which case it has been styled co-optation. Co or by, or by the Senate itself out of the order of plebeians, in which case, as in one before mentioned, it obtains the name of creation. This form of government is capable of such an approximation and resemblance in its external form to a representative democracy that the one is frequently mistaken for the other. Isn't that happening today? We call what we have today a democracy. 
But for most of us, on the surface, it isn't. Albeit, we can knock this out if we express our individual sovereignty. And there are many ways to do that. We'll discuss one way in, in just a bit. Continuing. The discriminating features of a representative democracy, as we have before observed, are the limited or the limitation of power, the frequency of elections by the whole body of the people, the capacity of every citizen of the state to be elected to any public office to which his talents and integrity may recommend him and the responsibility of the public agent to the people for his conduct. Let me read that last part again because it just confirmed what I said earlier about these police officers and the responsibility of the public agent to the people for his conduct. Three times a charm. I'll read it again. And the responsibility of the public agent to the people for his conduct. Do you hear what I'm saying, Republicans? Do you hear what I'm saying, some of you conservatives? The protesters are holding these public servants, supposedly as public servants, they're holding their integrity in check. In check. They are calling them out for abusing their public duty. They are calling him or calling these police officers responsible for their conduct. If you want to keep it within the realms of the Constitution, they are holding them responsible for their conduct of not allowing this man, George Floyd, for receiving due process. They became judge, jury, and executioner right there in the street. Should something like that be happening in a constitutional republic? I think not. And most of you who are conservatives and those of you who aren't conservatives, many of you are smart people. And I'm pretty sure that you are thinking the same thing, that these things should not be happening in this country. And yes, again, it was racially charged. We see these instances happen time and time again to black people. Now, how does this tie to black people? How does the aristocracy tie to black people? This is how. And I hope you've read, uh, I hope you've understood what uh, George Tucker had to say on the aristocracy. I, I felt that I had to read that so that you know I'm not making this stuff up 
And I use George Tucker to bring a point to those of you who say you love the Constitution. Because he, in all intents and purposes, or in all actuality, was one of the first constitutional scholars. I bring that attention to you through his words so that you can see what's going on. And that I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. But the relationship of blacks to the aristocracy is this. Blacks in relationship to the aristocracy are used as an excuse to you have to bear with me as I shape this the aristocracy uses black people or the image or the stereotype of black people to roll out more heavy handed policing tactics to all of society. It's the case of the big bad black man. The use of this image gets promulgated throughout the media or it has been. This this what had happened before. Now it's a little bit different. But in some circles, it still operates this way. Where it makes it seem as if there's a a pack of black people who wants to overturn society. Therefore, we have to give the police more power because we have to protect everyone else from these crazy black people. Now, granted, this tactic is used over and over again, but the players may not be the same. Blacks could be used as such. Whites can also be used as such. And members of other groups. But in all instances, these or whatever entities are placed into that blank, they are used as an excuse to strip away the sovereignty of the people. The good thing about George Floyd was instead of people just rolling over and just accepting it for what it is, knowing in the back of their mind that it may happen to them. And yes, I'm talking about whites too. Because, lo and behold, what happens to blacks is a proverbial canary in the coal mine. It will come to you sooner or later. Because even though it's about race now, what it's ultimately about, it is about the stripping of the sovereignty of the people. But, I lost my train of thought. 
But I think I made myself clear on this point. Is that the aristocracy uses whatever group it can to strengthening or to strengthen its hold on society and to morph a constitutional republic into an aristocracy. And to circle back to what I was saying, you see due process stripped from blacks, but eventually it will happen to everyone else. Now, there have been instances where blacks had the answer to this situation. They understood what America was all about. And they understood that whether the whites like it or not, they had the sovereign right to be free in this country. And you had a few examples that were very, they were very successful in expressing that. They were very self-sufficient. They were very successful. One blaring example of this, or a golden example of this, is Black Wall Street, which is the neighborhood of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was an all-black community, very black, very rich. They had banks, hotels, cafes, movie theaters, and they had the state-of-the-art homes. They had indoor plumbing, which was at, at that time in the early 20s. Not many homes, especially in that area, area of the country, they did not have indoor plumbing. They also had a school system where their children were, were educated, educated very well. They also, they were also, uh, to really state how, how well off these people were, I'll state this, in the state of Oklahoma, there were two airports. Six black families owned their own airplanes. That's a lot of money. That was the answer. They took their destiny in their own hands. The blacks of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma built their own community and supported the businesses inside of that community. A dollar would circulate many times before it would leave that neighborhood. It would take almost a year before that dollar would leave. 
And anytime when you have a situation where a dollar circulates within the community, that community gets rich very quick. However, though, there was one there was one place where they have left themselves wide open. There was one place where they did not exercise the American idea of individual sovereignty. And this area in which they did not exercise or they failed to cover was the area of defense. The black people of Tulsa, Oklahoma had no militia. They had no means of defending themselves. As a result, they were firebombed. They were bombed from the air. The only instance in American history where American soil was bombed. They were bombed. They were gunned down with machine guns. or whatever automatic type weapons that they had. I'm pretty sure it was machine guns. They were wide open to the jealousy of the whites who lived close by or maybe who lived far away. Those who were jealous of them being wealthy. It, is, it was within the sovereign right of all of those black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma to defend themselves. It was within their sovereign right to have the arms to do so. It was within their sovereign right to form a militia to protect their community. It's really sad considering everything that they have achieved. That was the breakout point for Ameri for blacks, black Americans to step out on the world stage. And it was snipped short. Yes, it was snipped short by jealous, racist white people but it was also snipped short because they failed the blacks of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They failed to understand the importance of self-defense. All they had to do was set up a defensive perimeter and maybe the outcome of black Americans today may be totally different from what it is right now. There are other examples around the country throughout the history. Rosewood, Florida, where a black community was burned down because they had no means to defend themselves. You must have self-defense if you are a free people. It is vital 
when you have individual sovereignty. When you have individual sovereignty, you are facing nature head on. And also, you are facing whatever challenges that come from other men or other groups of men. When they come storming at your door, ready to burn down everything that you've worked for, you or those, the individuals who are sovereign, it is their duty to protect themselves. That's why we have the Second Amendment. Let's go back to Mr. Tucker and see what he has to say about self-defense. Going to flip to the page here so I can find where I marked out this statement. I do hope you all mind that I'm being very deliberate because I really want you to understand where I'm coming from. Because some of you may have thought from listening on the last episode that I am against the protests and I'm for uh, the wrongs that have happened to George Floyd. You may think that I'm not against it or I'm against all protesters, but I'm not. I am on not, I, I, I am on neither side. I am for individual sovereignty. The Constitution expresses how I feel expresses very well how that is that it can be acted upon how that philosophy can be brought to life. And like I've said earlier before in this episode, that if you view the Constitution in that light, it is imperative, or it should be obvious to you, that the killing of George Floyd was absolutely wrong. And yes, it was racist. Racism has no place in this country. Why? Because you are restricting one group of people or several groups of people. You're stripping their sovereignty away. And when one group of people have their sovereignty stripped away for no just reason, then this country has turned itself into an aristocracy. Now, there are many ways to have an aristocracy. There are many aristocracies in this country, aristocracies built on different premises. Racism is one of them. But we also have other aristocracies. And some aristocracies trump other aristocracies. Racist, racist aristocracies are, are lower on the totem pole. Why do I say that? Because there are some aristocracies that the main goal is the subjection or to put their boot on 
every individual in this country. But to do it in a way to where they still stay behind the scenes. The Council of Elders. Remember that phrase? So let's see what Tucker has to say about the Second Amendment and why it is so important and why it was so unfortunate that those very successful black people of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was very unfortunate that they missed this key point. They had everything else going for them except for this, and this was the Achilles heel. Here we go, Mr. Tucker and his view of the Constitution of the United States. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Let me read that again, because that is the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be in French. This may be considered as the true palladium of liberty. The right of self-defense is the first law of nature. It's very unfortunate that they missed this. Continuing, in most governments, it has been the study of rulers to confine this right within the narrowest limits possible. It's happening here in this country today. Wherever standing armies are kept up and the right of the people to keep and bear arms is under any color or pretext whatsoever, prohibited liberty, if not already annihilated, is on the brink of of destruction. I think that that deserves no explanation because that was very clear. If you have to rewind and hear that again, please do so. It is very clear. And if you are using common sense and intelligence, you will know that he is right. Without going into too many details, we'll save that for another episode. I will leave it up to you to think about why this is so correct. If you have a society based off individual sovereignty, you must have the ability to self-defend. You must have the ability to keep and bear arms. The people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street, they did not keep and bear arms. And you saw what happened to them. Now, we have instances where there was situations where black people did defend themselves they understood the second amendment amendment and they exercised it one group 
was called the Deacons of the Deacons for Defense. Sorry, Deacons for Defense. They were located in Jonesboro, Louisiana. Let's see what they have some notes on them. I'm trying to find a good place. Here we go. The deacons emerged as one of the first visible self-defense forces in the South and as such represented a new face of the civil rights movement. Traditional civil rights organizations remained silent on them or repudiated their activities. I wonder why. I have a speculation. Most of those civil rights organizations were either, well, well most of them were usurped by revolutionary faith type organizations. But we're moving on. They were effective, however, in providing protection for local African Americans who sought to register to vote and for white and black civil rights workers in the area. The deacons, for example, provided security for the 1966 march against fear for Memphis and Jackson, Mississippi. Moreover, their presence in southern Louisiana meant that the Klan would no longer be able to intimidate and terrorize terrorize local African Americans without challenge. The strategy and methods that the deacons employed attracted the attention and concern of Federal Bureau of Investigation, otherwise known as the FBI, which authorized an investigation into the group's activities. Well, of course, they would investigate them because they were exercising their, their Second Amendment rights and taking a toolbox out, or let me back up, they're taking a tool out of the toolbox of those who want to put forth an aristocracy. You see, when blacks starts to finally defend themselves, they no longer become the patsy. They no longer become an excuse to... Uh, they no longer are an excuse or an example that becomes an excuse for whatever reason, either if they are victims or either they are accused of some sort of violence that they have not done and therefore they are attacked. But they cease to be the butt of a situation that eventually leads to the enslavement of the entire country by an aristocracy so of course the gatekeepers the defenders of the aristocracy the fbi not saying that every fbi agent is of that attitude but there are plenty of them that are and i will say this in a lot of police departments and law enforcement agencies good cops do not have an easy time. And if good cops speak out against bad cops, a lot of times, quite a few times, they are fired. But continuing with my previous point, with my current point, 
The Deacons of Defense was a modern example. This, uh, this organization is a modern example via around the time 1964 of a black defense organization. A black militia. They protected the people of their community. Here's what he has to say again on the on uh, on the Deacons for Defense. This is uh, BlackPast.org, by the way. On July 10th, 1964, a group of African American men in Jonesboro, Louisiana, led by Ernest Chili Willie Thomas, nice nice nickname, Frederick Douglass, and Frederick Douglass Kirkpatrick founded the group known as the Deacons for Defense and Justice to protect members of the Congress of Racial Equality against Ku Klux Klan violence. Most of the deacons were veterans of World War II and the Korean War. So this is the situation of a black militia in 1964. It's pretty modern. But... We have a more recent example of a black militia. Let's go back to the situation of Mr. Ahmad Arbery. This part of this event is usually not talked about. Why? Because it is a key component for blacks to truly be free in this country. And it is this in, in the situation of Ahmad Arbery, the, the men that killed Mr. Arbery were not arrested. It took many days for these men to be arrested. But it wasn't just the progression of time that caused them to be arrested. No, no. What happened was, was that the black militia showed up to the neighborhood. They showed up, not with guns blazing, but they showed their force. They showed that they were a well-trained, disciplined militia. They weren't out for blood, but they were out for defense and justice. They were there to defend the protesters who were protesting against the death of Ahmad Arbery. And as a consequence, because of the presence of this black militia, who was well armed, but was very disciplined, I have to state this, very disciplined, because of their presence, the men that killed Mr. Ahmad Arbery were arrested. Those who covered up the death of Mr. Arbery and defended the men who killed Mr. Arbery threw the killers underneath the bus. They started selling each other out. Why? Because they were faced with the defensive arm 
they were face to face against the defensive arm for the black people. Sometimes that is the only language that people hear. Now I must state something here. I must reiterate the militia was disciplined. They did not have to fire not one shot. Just them showing that they are willing to express their constitutional rights. Their God, or I should put it this way, the God-given rights that were stated in the Constitution because they were willing to express that. The people of that community who wrongfully killed Mr. Arbery had to comply. They may not have wanted to, but they had to. And also, because this militia was disciplined, they kept the high ground. They waited for the people or the whites who killed Mr. Albury, they waited for them to make a move. See, this is contrary to the riots and the rioting and the looting. That's not how you fix this situation. You fix the situation by showing that you can form an orderly defense for yourself. Then they will listen to you. And since this country is still, in all intents and purposes, even though it is covered up by an aristocracy, the power of individual sovereignty is still here. We just have to express it. And this black militia did so. And they immediately found a way to arrest those killers. Can you imagine? I'll say it again. Can you imagine where black people would be right now if the blacks of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, while realizing that economic stability was important to raising up the state of blacks in this country, while recognizing that, they also recognize that it is important to defend yourself. It will be an entirely different situation today for black Americans. And by me saying that, I have offered a solution to the plight of black Americans in this country. Not only do you have to start your own businesses, not only have you have to learn how to manage money, not only do you have to educate yourself and get out of the school system that is programming you to be lapdogs to the aristocracy, Not only do you learn how to conduct yourselves or no, not only do black people have to learn how to reorganize and conduct themselves in society to where their families are held sacred. 
All of these things you find in Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. But you also have to combine these things with some deacons for defense. You have to combine these things that the black militia illustrated during the protests of the death of Ahmaud Arbery. Then you will be in a position to where you can truly raise yourself up. No group of people, no country in this world has ever risen to prominence without the ability to to defend themselves and without the ability to be economically independent. That's the key. Those are two keys. Again, to state few of those many keys, they may not be many, but I will say the big keys. Economic independence. Economic literacy. The ability to handle money and understand money. Know what the difference between money and cash or currency. Run our own businesses. Support our own businesses. Conduct ourselves in the community to where families are held sacred. Get away from the education system that is enslaving not just blacks but also whites in their minds and also in their bodies. But also, you have to defend all of that from being torn down by forces from the outside. And maybe from the inside. You have to defend all of these things from being torn down from an aristocracy and also those who are of the revolutionary faith that I mentioned in the other episode who do not want to see not any person, whether they are black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever. They do not want to see not one person on this planet exercise individual individual sovereignty. They say that word freedom, but that means something completely different to them. It does not mean individual sovereignty. For those of you, those of you who have been listening and heard this answer, you implement this answer, you build up your communities and all of the things that are in it, you must have the means to defend it. Otherwise, it can blow away in a puff of smoke, just like what happened in Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just like what happened in Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or in Rosewood, Florida, and maybe many other black communities. This is how you do it. You don't need to go out and bust open window shops and not know that the upright or many black 
people of this country, they're not doing that. As a matter of fact, they're actually speaking out against the people who are busting store windows and stealing things. But I'm speaking to those of you who are pondering in your mind that maybe that may be the answer. And I can understand that because these events, these recent events, are very infuriating. And it may, may, it may want to have, it may make a person want to have revenge. But I'm telling you that revenge in that fashion is not the answer, folks. It's only going to provide an excuse, a further excuse for the aristocracy to tighten its stranglehold on individual sovereignty. If you really want to fix the situation, you must do those things that I've said before. And also, you must study for yourself. You must learn for yourself. Educate yourself. And we can educate each other, dispassionately, by the way. But it is important that we do not take the narrative that has been shoved down our noses in school. That's nothing but programming. We have to learn about the true nature of economics, about politics how government works, about ancient philosophies. We have to learn about all of those things. But again, I have to restate it again and again. We have to defend ourselves. And defense does not mean you go out, even though I... I I keep saying it again. I understand. I feel you. It is maddening. And sometimes you just want to go out and do something. But don't be don't be reactive. Be cunning. Think of the long-term plan. You see, blacks, we've gotten so close. And yes, I say we for a reason. My ancestors have gotten so close to stepping out on the world stage. They were within a few millimeters of doing so before it got blown away simply because they had no means to defend themselves. But if we now combine what they did in Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma and put it together with what the Deacons for Defense did then black Americans will finally, finally become a main player in America and also on the world stage. No matter if anyone likes it 
or not. And that's how every other people have done it in the history of this world. You have to seize the moment. No one is going to do it for you. That's the beauty of America. Things are put out of the way of individuals and groups of individuals so they can carve their place in the world. So let's do that. Understand the Constitution was written by white people. It doesn't matter because it's stated some natural God-given truths that were for every man. And all of those people, all of those men who wrote the Constitution and signed their name to the Declaration of Independence in the back of their head, they knew. Some of them actually stated that they knew that some of the things that are happening to those who were enslaved were incongruent with the things that were stated in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. They knew that. And that's why I say, if you develop your community, if we develop our community and establish a means of defense, we will unapologetically step out on the world stage whether no other group of people likes it or not. Because if you do it in the correct way, you will have the higher ground. And if anyone comes and attacks you, you have every right to defend yourself. And no person, whether they like you or not, can say any word edgewise. So I implore, or I implore all of you to be smart and know what you have. Don't get sidetracked by by facts or statements that oh the constitution is only for black folk for white people it was written by white people no actually read it you will see that they gave you the means to free yourself they gave you to meet the means to put yourself in a higher place where they some of the whites that don't like you, even though they don't like you, they can't tear you down. And if they do try to tear you down, you have a, you have a, you have the just right to defend yourself. You will have right on your side. And if, Blacks provide that example. That example of individual sovereignty. Do you think that the rest of America will follow along? Oh, yes. Because if we can do it, which we have done, we got so close, we just didn't defend ourselves. If we can do it, 
with all the adversity that blacks face in this country, all of the unique adverse situations that has been faced by black Americans, if we can do it, then this country can do it as a whole. And just maybe one day, maybe one day, well, right now we have plenty of people who are able to get along with others of different races. But right now, we do not have that type of value placed on the individual sovereignty that needs to be put there. But can you imagine where this place would be if blacks lead by example of stepping over or beyond this aristocracy and not being subverted by revolutionary faith organizations. They will provide an example and others will want to join in with us. And also too, it may not have to be a, a total black thing. It could be an immediate American thing. Because there are plenty of blacks who understand this. There are plenty of whites who understand this. There are plenty uh, immigrants coming in here from this country that coming in here from other countries to this country. They understand this as well. If those of us finally understand that we have to build up our communities, be careful of what we put our minds in. We have to educate ourselves. Understand the role of money. What's the difference between money and currency? I keep repeating this stuff because I want you to understand what these, that these are keys here. You value the role of the family in society. You value history, whether you like it or not. Because sometimes in history, you don't look at it because you don't like it but you may find something that may be healthy to you. Well, you value history. You educate yourself. All of that good stuff. And you understand the role of self-defense. Not revenge. Not disorderly conduct. Not looting. Not rioting. Not indiscriminately killing people on the street without due process. But defense. Defending your community. And if you have someone coming in your, your community and causing trouble, by the Constitution, they must have due process. To go back to that black militia, that's why I'm so glad to see that they did not go in there with guns blazing. They knew the Constitution and they followed it. And you see, they hardly ever mentioned in the news because they're afraid of that example getting out to the rest of black people in this country.
and also to the rest of freedom, freedom loving and individual sovereignty loving peoples of this country. That's the key. That's how we fix this. That's how we tear ourselves away from this aristocracy or these aristocracy. And that's how we tear our way, uh, tear ourselves away from these revolutionary fires, from the revolutionary faith that comes in and usurps our movements that is protesting against the evils of the ruling aristocracies. Be smart, ladies and gentlemen. Be diligent. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis.